eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy to be back with you breaking down some football film, Logan. Um, Even if it is the, uh, what number are we on? Seventh straight loss for the Commanders? Is that it? Yeah, I, so. I mean, not great. It's it's getting harder and harder to watch uh, these games in review because I think we all know that there's going to be some pretty big changes coming up. But it is always I, I'm a football junkie. I can't help myself. So no doubt um, something that we should do on Thursday. This is always fun when we plan our future pods in the middle of, uh, of the current pod. But we should take a look. Ben Standard get a really nice list of some front office folks that are uh that are on the radar. And I think talking about organizational structure and, yeah. and talking about some of those names is something that we can definitely try to hit on later this week. As for now, though, we do dive into the tape and that's going to put Sam Howell in focus. But before we we get specific to this game, Logan, I think it'd be good to zoom out a little bit um, in, in looking at the comments and such of our instant reaction show. It does seem that uh, some folks, this is going to sound harsh, but some folks don't understand the time continuum. They don't understand uh, how time works and that as it goes, you get more data and more information and right. that should change how uh, you, you view things. And I will say that is something that different sectors of society value differently. Some people are like, once you have an opinion, you must stick to it despite all available information. Skip Bayless has made a career out of saying that LeBron James is just not that good at basketball. All right, man. You gotta do what you got to do. You know? Good for hey, it's been great for his wallet, um, his integrity, his uh, you know intelligent people thinking that he's actually intelligent and worth listening to. Maybe different story, but that dude has made a lot of money, so I guess good for him. I prefer people who are uh, willing to to take things as they come, willing to admit they don't necessarily know things along the way, 
and and then ultimately you know make decision when there's enough data and, and still be willing to change if more data emerges that that pushes something different that's a very highfalutin language to say we have been pretty consistent all year saying like hey sam is here now but mm. there's a long way to go we need to see more after yeah. the game on Sunday, you were more definitive than I think you have been at any point where you're just like, hey, this kind of cements Sam Howell as a backup in my mind. Yeah. Why Why now for being that level of definitive and, and how do you kind of explain your thought process throughout the year as an evaluator? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's this really interesting, it, talent evaluation is always interesting, you know, and I think it's it's really hard with the quarterback position specifically and especially young quarterback. And when you're looking at Sam, I think he does some stuff that's high, like high level. Like, and I think when you look early in the year and we talked about this a lot, when he's hitting all these big time throws and he's elevating the offense and his ability to extend plays and you're like, there is something here. <clears throat> there is a talent, there's an ability, there's a physical skill set that gets excited and the moment doesn't seem too big for him. And it seems like he's got it right. But you want to see how that goes, right? Because any anytime you're doing statistics, the more data you can gather, the better, right? So earlier in the year, you're not playing against the best defenses of all time. You're kind of working through some some stuff where he'd play a good defense, he'd look like he'd regressed, and he'd come back the next week and play a little bit better. And then now, I, I think, you know, I, I have a rule of thumb. Like if you can get seven games of evaluation on a quarterback, like it takes it basically takes seven games for the defense to understand what a quarterback is. And I feel like kind of right around that seven game mark, like that's when Sam really started hitting the skids a little bit, having a really hard time in terms of what was going on. I go back to that Cowboys game. And I know statistically he was very productive, but I think you kind of felt that the moment was, was starting to get too big for him. And then he goes on a little bit of a slide. I think you could even go back to the second New York Giants game, like just didn't really settle in. I'm trying to look up his stats right now for that game specifically, but um, then you get Miami struggled again. He did some good things, but extending plays, working off schedule, you can't live in that. You can't live doing that. And then, you know, each going out to LA, struggled there, right? The game against the 49ers, I think he struggled there again too. And it's the same kind of issues popping up. And so the more, and, and during this time period, I've watched more quarterbacks. I've watched Tua. I watch uh, Stafford. I watch, um, you know, Brock Purdy. And you see kind of how, the, the the throws that they are making, the tight windows that they're maximizing, the anticipation that they're using. And you're like, Sam does not do these things. Like, I don't want to say at all, but <clears throat> it's very, 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 very rare to see them. And those things, those skill sets are very hard to develop. And so when he's making the big time throws, when he's extending and, and making plays that elevate the offense, you say, okay, you can live with that. <clears throat> but when that stops and when that dries up, you see what the offense and this team becomes. And that's just not a tenable solution long term. Because like, I think, you know, we mentioned uh, O'Connell, the kid in Las Vegas. Like he'll yeah. have games where you're like, wow, look at this big time throw. Look at this. And then he'll have games where he throws four picks. And I think it's emphatic that he's not a starter in the NFL. Like he's a good backup quarterback, right? He's not a guy you can build around. Browning in Cincinnati had three or four games where he looked amazing then comes back to earth. Like that's that's the nature of a backup quarterback in the NFL is they can give you something high level for a short period of time, but when it gets tight, when when uh, when the situation gets hot, they don't have it. And I understand. I can hear everyone now. He's a young football player, but with the regime change imminent, they he has not shown you enough to be like we can build around him the way that 
uh, Philadelphia built around Jalen Hurts, for example. And for I think sure. that that's the thing. That's what I come back to. It's like maybe if Ron was here for another year, you could say, okay, he can develop, he can grow. There's a staff that trusts and understand what he's doing, but that's not the case here. And I think they're gonna they're gonna make a decision um, again for the franchise in terms of finding a guy that they believe they can handle the responsibilities of that position long term. So a couple of different things. I think one, the most important thing you said there for like understanding purposes is what a backup is, which is not someone who can't play. Right. Like backup quarterbacks in the NFL are really good um, relative to guys who are like non-league players, right? Like occasionally you get a guy who comes in and you're like, that dude is not an NFL player. And it doesn't happen often at the quarterback position due to the nature of it. Like typically the starter plays the whole year. If you get one injury, okay. Sometimes you get down to the fourth guy and or third guy. And even then, like, you know, Tommy DeVito's fine for a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but eventually you're like, nope, that dude is not an NFL starter. Um, but every every, you know, two or three times a year, maybe you get a guy who gets called up and you're just like, Nope, not an NFL player. And that's when you see like the difference in that and a backup. Um Maybe the ultimate example of this, we were trying to think of this before the show, um, and we we threw out a bunch of different guys who were like kind of backups that have done, you know, if they play a whole season, like you can maybe win eight games with them even. Right. You know, Jameis Winston's kind of the high-end version of that where he has the 30 touchdown, 30 pick uh, year in Tampa, but then he has, a, he has a great fit with Sean Payton and they have a really great year in New Orleans. And, you know, could Sam be that? In the same way that like Baker's having a great right. year down in Tampa, but like still his great year is eight wins. The ultimate example to me, and I'm curious what you think of this, is Nick Foles. Like Nick yeah. Foles won a Super Bowl, right. right? Nick Foles won a freaking Super Bowl because he got hot at the right time, exactly in the right system with the right guys around him. And so, yes, you can win with a quote-unquote backup quarterback, but then you see a couple other teams try to build around Nick Foles and it doesn't work and he's out of the league. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of what we're saying here is like, a true starting quarterback that you feel good about is a guy that will give you, uh, it's not It's not about how good is your good, it's about how consistently can you produce it. And I think where we are at right now with Sam Howell is we don't have a trust that week in, week out against any opponent, you can trust him. Right now, his performance is correlated to how good the defense he is playing against is. And if yep. it's a good defense, he's going to have a mediocre to bad performance. And if it's a bad defense, he can probably light him up for 300 yards. But that's not an NFL starter. Now, yeah. it's worth pointing out, Sam is young. He's 23. Um, this is his second system in two years, his first year in this system. Um, he works his butt off. He's got great character. Yeah. And I think those are the things that earlier in the year when we talk about why, I mean, I said on the radio multiple times, like I would bet on Sam Howell being the guy moving forward. Like I don't, yeah. I, I think that he's going to be the guy. And I think what happened was I looked at the character. I looked at the mental makeup. Me too. I looked at the maturity. I looked at the big time plays he made. And I go, that's stuff you can't coach. I think the other stuff, the timing, the rhythm, the footwork is stuff that you can coach. And well, I, I still think that's true to an extent. It is really hard to get that stuff. Like it's kind of innate in a lot of levels. Um, and he, he just hasn't improved in those areas. So you're projecting saying the good is going to stay good. The bad is going to get better. And if the bad doesn't get better, well, that changes the projection. And now with yeah. a year's worth of starts under his belt, he got 17 the Dallas game last year, 16 this year, I think we're at a point where you go, okay, at the very least right now, this dude's a backup, someone who can play well on any given weekend, but is, is not to be trusted long-term. Um, but he's more than likely based off of who he's been his entire career, not just in the pros, but in college, what the, the scouting report is. And maybe this is confirmation bias, but 
the stuff that you had worries about, the stuff that made him a fifth round pick, and save your comments about how he was the number one guy before his you know his final right. year at Carolina. He was a fifth round pick. That's where the league said that he was. Anybody could have gotten him in the first four rounds, and you know that stuff hasn't improved to a level to to kind of change his long term prognosis. I think he can be a very good backup, um, and I think that if we lived in an alternate universe where you could give him two years to continue to develop, could he be a, a starter, middle of the pack you know, type of starter? Probably. But if you can go get Caleb Williams, Jalen Daniels, Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, whoever it is that you wind up liking at the number two pick or if you want to trade down, whatever, why would you wait on that? And that's kind of the way the league operates now. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think Geno Smith is a perfect case study for that. You know, he came yeah. out, showed some ability early in his career, had to go to the bench. They drafted, I think, Mark Sanchez afterwards, right? Very high. And then, uh, or I whatever think the that order is. backwards on that. Yeah, yeah they, whatever. They, but they, they, they yeah. moved on, whatever it was. They moved on yeah. from him. He sits for a couple of years and gets an opportunity um, in Seattle. And I and I definitely think that's, in, that, that's on the table for him. But I think it just, again, the stuff that's very raw was raw in college. Is like the the anticipation, the accuracy, the um, again, the ability to operate in the timing of the offense is something else that shows up all the time with him. And the young quarterbacks have a hard time with it. And this is something that I think is 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 really an interesting thought experiment about like being able to sit a quarterback for a couple of years. Like I look at Mahomes and how successful he was. Like it's it's an important variable if you're gonna like develop that guy. Like you just need to give them time and opportunity. And obviously Sam didn't get that. And people can talk about. You know, is it fair? Is it fair that the situation Sam was put in? And it's not. But ultimately, like, this is how it goes. Like, I remember having a conversation with Rex Grossman about kind of how he stumbled early in his career. And then it took so long for him get to get back to have the starting opportunity. And he's like, was it fair? No, but like, that's just how the league is. Like, you need some level of certainty. And you also need some level of investment from the organization. So I always think, like, if he was a first-round pick, maybe you sit with him, you say, okay, we got to make it work. Like we've made this investment in him kind of like they did with Dwayne, you know, like it was very clear early. Dwayne was struggling with some stuff, but he's a first round pick. So they gave him more opportunities. Same thing with Robert. Robert obviously had that tremendous year, but when the struggles came, they were invested in him. And I think being a fifth round pick, just they're not financially or there's no draft capital in him. So now the new franchise draft a guy and then you're tied to that guy for a couple of years and it might not be the right fit it might not be the right i'm not saying they're going to hit on the pick ideally you'd want that but it's just it's the logistics and the business side of the nfl i think at play here also in terms of sam and his development what he's shown this year because like earlier in the year like he was going to have to play very very well in order for them to kind of say oh we can build around him in 2024 but um and he showed flashes of that but i you know i'm just looking at this sheet here right like he played against Philly twice, and they're uh, you know they're struggling defensively. They've struggled the whole year. But the yeah. second you play the Bills, you play the Giants, and you play the Bears, like defenses that are a little bit more consistent. The Giants again, the Commanders, uh, the uh, excuse me, the the Cowboys, the Rams, the Jets, and the 49ers, He has a grade below fifty in all those games, all of them, 
right? And so it, to me, that makes a lot of sense that he's not, again, as much as the good was good, the bad was also very bad. And I think you kind of settle on this thing where he's kind of in the middle someplace. And that's kind of, uh, to your point, Craig, like it's not saying he's a bad football player. It's not saying he's a bad guy. It's not saying he doesn't have the the skills and the ability to do something special down the road, but he's not there right now. And the organization's not going to invest in it. And I think that's another thing fans need to understand. Like there's a lot of really good football players in the league who just didn't hit form at the right time. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at with Sam, unfortunately for Sam. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really well put. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a young kid who's worked really hard has been given a test that we have outlined um, ad nauseum is way too hard for him to reasonably pass. He has continued to to be an amazing teammate throughout. I mean, I, that is one thing that I will say on the positive side for Sam is like his teammates love him. Yeah. And like the O-line, who he has made look bad at times and has taken a lot of heat because of the way he plays, loves that kid. And I think there's something to say for that, um, which what might be said is like, you can trust him to be your backup. He's not going to sabotage. He's not going to be a bad soldier in the, in the whatever, like he's, he's someone you can trust and he's going to go out and support whoever his, his in the quarterback room with him next year. If that's Caleb Williams or Drake may or, or whoever. Um, and that's, that's great. That speaks highly of Sam as a, as a human being. Um, unfortunately it doesn't mean that he's the guy that you should build around at the same token. I will say this last thing real quick before we get into the, the actual tape from Sunday if they decide they don't really like any of these quarterbacks, if, if the new regime gets in and goes, I just, we can't, we can't pass up on Olu Fashanu or Marvin Harrison or Joe Alt or whoever, because I think that guy's going, the non-quarterback is going to go to the hall of fame. And I don't think this, this guy we're going to draft is going to be any better than Sam Howell. You could start with Sam Howell and right. not be dead in the water. Like you can have the bridge guy, uh, like other organizations have done uh, and, and hope that, you know, you build up a good enough roster. And this is again, a project we're going to embark on this off season is like, look, it's how some of the best organizations have built it. And you could probably be somewhat competitive next year, um, depending on how good your coaching is and a bunch of and how well you do in the rest of the draft and free agency and all of that. Um, but well, you, if, if you're talking about like a viable chance to build a long-term contender, which is Josh Harris's stated goal, like you're eventually going to need to do something about the position. Well, also, I just think it's, it goes back to this conversation we've had at nauseum. And I, like, you know, when Jared Goff left LA, I think a lot of people thought he was cooked and he was the bridge guy, but he got in a system with a coordinator with skill position guys and an offensive line and a defense that elevated him. And I think like there are, there is a world, there is a situation where you say, Hey, we get, I don't know, we get a left tackle, you know, we're able to move or a right tackle, we're able to move Wiley in the guard. And all of a sudden the offensive line looks really dynamic. You get guys who are competitive and physical at three or four spots or three or five spots. And you say, oh, well, we can draft a receiver in the second round. We got two second round picks and you kind of build that up. You say, oh, we get a corner in the second round with that second pick. And you're like, okay, all of a sudden there's something going on here that you feel pretty good about. And I you again fill I go, out a lot of stuff with your eighty million dollars of cap space. Right. You you go find you go sign a pass rusher that you feel good about, right? And and I look at Philly and when when again Jalen Hurts was there, I look at San Francisco when Brock Purdy came in. Like they were system quarterbacks that everyone thought was going to be a bridge, but the system and the personnel around them elevated. And it allowed them, like I think Joe Flacco is another great example of this. Shoot, Russell Wilson's a great example of this. Yeah. Great defense, great rushing attacks. It lets you sit and kind of chill 
for a year or two as a quarterback. And then all of a sudden the paradigm shifts at the position and you say, oh, like he's developed, he's grown up. He's all the stuff we talked about in the take five in terms of adding information to the CPU, instead of doing it 50 times every game over the course of like your rookie season, essentially, it's like, we've brought that way down. We're going to let you learn and let you develop. And then once you're kind of more established, like look at Brock Purdy last year to this year, last year, definitively a system quarterback this year, elevating that offense. And I think there, that is something that can definitely, like, I, I think can definitely happen with Sam. I think it happened with a lot of guys, yeah, but that's the best just, case scenario. It takes a lot. It takes a, it's going to take a lot. And you, so what did we just talk about there? Getting more play, more playmakers, getting a better, a, a more, I don't want to say a better system. Cause I think the system's fine. I think EB is a smart guy, but something that again is going to deleverage him improving the defense. Like it just becomes a little bit more complicated as opposed to finding Joe Burrow, where you have maybe the worst O-line in football as a rookie, but you get uh, the chase in his second year, Jamar chase in his second year. And all of a sudden it's one of the most explosive offenses is football. Like that's the, the stepping stones there are much shorter and it's much more direct. I think it's harder to find that one guy, but again, that's kind of what we're talking about here from a team building standpoint. So I think you bring up a great point. Like maybe, maybe the kid Drake may, is not the guy. Maybe they don't love him. Maybe he botches an interview. Maybe whatever. It's it's not good, and they can't trade up to get the number one pick. And because Caleb Williams is their guy, take an offensive lineman. Maybe you take a quarterback in the second round. Whatever it is, but yeah. there are many ways to build this team. And I think this is a in some ways an endorsement of Sam. I think he's talented enough to do some of the things we're talking about in terms of being this bridge guy that could develop. But there's a lot of pieces that need to fall in place in order for that to happen. Yeah, there. I think what we can definitively say after watching this game and kind of the you know watching the entire season is like that's that's the best case scenario for him. Um, this is not someone where you walk into the offseason going we're set at quarterback, and that's right. kind of I think what we mean by cemented as a backup or a bridge guy or whatever whatever term you want to use for that.